So I think you kind of have to take that back into the main route. So the reason why I want to get involved is because I want to meet new people, but also understand myself more. If this is an industry or an area of expertise that I really want to get into, um, take a step back and, and look at things what you can control right now with staying at home. And I would say reading, listening to podcasts. Um, watching YouTube videos and really honing in your skills and understanding who you are. I don't know. Am I sounding like a cliche? Probably, but it's a cliche for a reason. I don't know. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Creators Calling. I hope you've been having a great week. My name is Matt and I'm your host. Today's guest is Amandrio Cortez, user experience designer at Loyalty One. Amandrio is a 2019 graduate and valedictorian of the GBDA program at U Waterloo. And just like his name, He's a one-of-a-kind UX designer that strives to translate ideas into tangible and powerful experiences. Outside of work, Amandrio has built a community of over 20,000 on TikTok where he plays guitar, sings, has coffee chats, predicts awards, and makes cool vlogs. Today's conversation, I am also joined by our marketing director, Komal. And what we're going to be talking to Amandrio about really is advice for students, networking, career perspectives, and overall just being a cool person. Before we start the conversation, I just want you to know that this was a really exciting chat just about being yourself, being cool, and giving yourself some self-love. So before you start listening, make sure you cozy up, look yourself in the mirror and say, yo, I got this. Enjoy today's conversation. Let's vibe with Amandrio. So while you were at GBDA, what would be your favorite course and why? Easy. UX 101 with Karen Schmidlin. I took that in first year. I remember walking into that class and she just kept going on and on and on about like putting the focus on the users and, and adding research and analytics into it. And I was just like, this is a pot of just random things that make sense. I don't know if that even made sense coming out of my mouth, but um UX isn't necessarily new. It's just always getting reinvented and finally getting the respect that it needs in the tech world. Um, and and I just love that course. I ended up becoming a TA for it, and I think on my in my third year. And I and I had a lot of fun about how like that industry is just continuing to grow, um, and there's so many lanes to take within UX. Um, I don't know. I think that was a point in university for me that I was just like, I found an area that I want to get into. That That's another thing. That's another part of my list that I can start crossing off. And I'm slowly finding a place that I want to be part of. I mean, it sounds like you, you really were in the perfect place for, for yourself to develop and grow as a young adult and a young professional. Yeah. Um, so let's kind of talk talk a little bit about your career while you were in university. Your first design internship was with NSF International and you were working with their training and educational services, kind of doing like programming, media assets. Yep. Why, what was your goal for entering that internship? If I'm being honest, um, I needed to pay off my OSAP, so I needed money. But then I was just like, if I'm going to get a job, it needs to be something related to my field. I don't know how difficult that's going to be, but I remember just scrolling down um, to Gigi or like Indeed or something like that. And I found design, design, design with all these like buzzwords and stuff. And I was just like, I am not qualified for this, but I'm just going to apply anyways. And I may have tweaked a few things on my resume. I did do them, but I use more fancier words. Um, 
but no, that experience was, was amazing. Uh, it was the very first time where I finally got a taste of nine to five in that cubicle life. And I knew I didn't want to do that. Um, but I really liked the way that, um, design discussions were happening. And in, in that sense, I, I understood how to present my work, um, take the time to take in recommendations and all that stuff. It was, it was the very first time where as a junior designer, I was getting full autonomy in the, in, in my creative process. Um, I would say that, that was, that was a interesting summer. Um, I did a bunch of stuff that I didn't even know was considered UX. Um, at first it was literally complaining about what the site is like, what is wrong with the site? And in my head, I was just like, why am I just writing all the crazy, ugly stuff? And then at the end, you figure out that that's UX. Like you're calling out things that people will find ugly so you can make it look pretty, but also usable and accessible. Um, so yeah, that's just baby designer, Amadrio, not knowing what he wants to do and just kind of floating around. And I don't know. I also like one, one of my things that I want to get out of this, this podcast or this little session is that I honestly, like, I'm very, very thankful for where I am and I don't want to sound bragging or anything at all, but in no mean in time that I understood what I was doing. I was floating around, just gravitating towards people that I wanted to work with and industries that I wanted to be part of and, and work that I wanted to do. And that's as simple as I can get it. And that has led me to where I am right now. And I'm very thankful. And you know what? I think those are massive, massive, massive words of wisdom. Cause yeah. I think that some people really try, um, this is going to go to my follow-up question, but really it's like some people really try to, um, shoot for like a certain role or like a certain company for like status or almost just like, then they put their self-worth on it. And mm-hmm. and now I'm going to say the cliche, but work is all about being happy oh, and, no. and being surrounded with people that, that make you happy. Right. And, and the fact that you're talking about like chasing the right people, the right energy, that's going to help you thrive and grow the most in your career. Cause uh-huh. you never want to put yourself into like a specific sort of, um, position where you can only be in that position and you're not thriving because you're not happy. You really just want to be as fluid as possible so you can grow and do as many things as you can. A hundred percent. And going into a job as well, you don't need to like know everything. Um, I think your attitude and your willingness to learn and your curiosity is as much as important as you understanding how to work sketch or how to work Figma or all these things. Like these things, someone can teach you, but no one can teach you how, like how to improve your work ethic. That just comes with time and university and all your internships is the time for that building. So, yeah. You know, we're having this conversation at a time when um, the economy is not at its best. Job security is kind of a big question mark for everybody. For students that are just trying to apply, maybe even for their first internship, yeah. um, there's a lot of stress on them. They're, they're really not sure, am I going to get the job? How many other people am I competing with? What advice would you tell them? Ooh, um, this, is, this is a good one. And I kind of want to flip it a little bit of your mindset. Um, I go into jobs thinking that they want me. I, I'm not trying to sound cocky or anything, um, it's, it's more confidence that you need to put into yourself. There are a million jobs out there. There's only one of you and you have to start like making yourself presentable that I, what do they want for me? 
And once you start asking those questions, you're going to start understanding what makes you different. And those are the little like sprinkles of personality that you'll, you're going to put out on your portfolio or your resume and, and your um, cover letter and all that stuff. So have that mindset that they want me, but then like come prepared, also come prepared. You can't, you can't just say they want me, but also not do the work. You definitely have to do the work. I think when I was applying to so many internships back in, in like in university, um, they always tell you that it's a numbers game, which is true. You need to apply to as many as you can, but you all like, it's that quantity versus quality thing. I remember people would brag about that. Oh, I applied to 200 jobs like this, this week. And I was just like, okay, cool. Um, And they would like, how many did you apply? And I was just like only 15. Like, honestly, it's, it's because I took the time to personalize every single cover letter um, to cater to, to that position. And it really does like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm like correct in this, but this is just my experience into it. Definitely. Um, but I know take, take the time, take the time. There's jobs out there for you. Um, everything happens for a reason. I, I know I hate saying that, but I don't know. Yeah. Be special, make it special, know you're special and let them know you're special. Yes. Yes. That is, that's, that's perfect. <laughs> so you knew that CIBC wanted you. CIBC did want you. You're now doing a UX design internship at CIBC. Yeah. Uh, well, not now, but at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. How is this different to your work at NSF International? Ooh, um, I got exposed to the Toronto lifestyle um, and that design community in Toronto. It's like, this is where the, the big people the big boys and girls play. Um, NSF International was a very small team. It was back in Guelph where I'm from. I love that place. Um, but Toronto was another ball game. Um, I definitely was working really long hours and being exposed to so many different skills that I didn't even know that GBDA was like, like was starting to grow in me, if that makes sense. Um, no, that was, that was one of the biggest challenges I've ever had. And, and without it, I would not be the designer or the, oh my God, cliche alert. Um, the, the person that I am, um, the, the projects that I worked on, the, the amount of times I've asked like my boss, I'm like, you trust me working on this project. And it's like, like it, it's mind boggling. Um, no, CIBC was great. Um, my experience was, all over the place. I worked on the design system, the creation of the components from the ground up. Um, I didn't see it finished, but I was happy to put my stamp on it. Um, I was also part of the innovations lab aspect and that was really tough. It was two weeks of, of sprints and going through stakeholder reviews, um, designing like mid to like high wireframes, like, and prototyping like every, every two weeks. Um, but it was fun. I loved it. I loved the collaboration. I love working with developers and project managers and business analysts that, that that's where I thrive. Like I, I like just being surrounded by people who also match the same energy as me. Big organization, more, more friends to hang out with. Oh yeah, definitely. More fun, like there, there's also like better parties and, and cooler perks. And they send you to the Blue Jays game and stuff like that. Um, so big corporation. Shout, shout out CIBC. 
Yeah, no, I, I love my team. I love the people that I work there. Nothing terrible to say. So you complete that internship. And then if my timelines are correct, you're ready to graduate in 2019. Mm-hmm. And uh, clout alert, valedictorian. So let's talk a little bit about that. What was it like being the valedictorian speaking to the class of 2019? Um, ooh, I'm going to get emotional thinking about this time because I haven't thought about it in a while. Valedictorian was something that I did not expect. Um, I, I definitely applied to it. A bunch of my friends told me to do it. But when, when I got that email that I got, it was just mine. Like I, yeah, it, definitely one of the happiest moments of my life. Um, but definitely it was a mixture of representing a piece of everyone, um, that day. I think one of the reasons why I ended up getting valedictorian and I always ask myself why, 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 why? I think it's because of all the communities that I was part of being part of St. Jerome's and the dance community and fashion for change and all these things. And little by little, like these are pieces of the people that I'm representing that are graduating today. And I think that's what I needed to, to get out of my speech. Um, it was, it's, it's, it's remember what you did here. And then take that in. We have created this foundation. And now University of Waterloo has is launching us into like whatever you want to be. I think that's what I have to say about that. Yeah. Oh, we're all in the fields right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. So Waterloo launches you out to where you want to be. Yeah. And you're at Loyalty One. And you're working with developers to implement design systems. You're working on the Air Miles reward program design system. What was it like finally entering the workforce full-time? They give you so much responsibility. Oh my gosh. Um, I am very, very lucky to have the team that I have and the trust that they put into me. So design system was actually a side project that I started. Um, I came into my interview um, they asked me what I did at CABC and I told them about design system and I asked them about theirs and they didn't have one. And I was just like, Oh, well, let me tell you, cause I love design systems and I will build one for you. And it's, it's like not even finished yet. Like that's what I love about design systems. It's like never ending process and the collaboration between all of the teams. Um, so yeah, it started off as a side project and this year it started to pick up. We had a project a product owner onto it. And we actually had roadmaps and stuff like that. Um, and we were creating batches of components going through accessibility checks and alignment. And Oh my gosh, just talking about it. I was really happy. And then the project just got pushed just, just a little, I, I get it. I get it. It was kind of my baby, but I, I understand that with COVID and everything, um, priorities always change, but I'm, I'm, yeah design system I can talk about hours on what it is and what I love about it and how it I don't know fixes a company (laughs) well I do want to get a little bit into this and I'm going to start with an introductory question because um I feel a little lost right now what a design system is I think yes that was my question (laughs) okay um do you guys want the boring one or the metaphorical one that I've been I've been kind of concocting in my brain. Let's do both. Let's do both. Okay. So starting off in the design community, we always uh, say design systems are a single source of truth. 
What we mean by this is whenever you're creating a product of some sort, whether it's an app or a, a site and stuff like that, you have little things that you're building, um, little things that are attached to a code, little things that are attached to rules or business um, requirements and stuff like that. Um, and a design system pretty much brings that in. I always think about it as like a recipe. It's a silly, silly little metaphor I have, but it's you're creating this recipe in, in this dish, which is, let's say, a website. I can go on about like atomic theory by Brad Frost and all that stuff about like atoms are your buttons or sorry, atoms are like your typographies and it goes up to molecules and pages and templates and all that stuff. Um, but it's essentially the little things that make up the big things. Um, what I always challenge people uh, when, whenever they're getting to learn about design system is it's not about like the ingredients, the garlic and all that, like the lettuce, it's like, where did you store it in the fridge? Where did it come from? Why are you putting garlic into this, this dish? It's a lot of the, the, another layer of the why aspect of the components, which I really love about um, designing. And cooking is a very team sport. It's not just you cooking. You can always have helpers. And it's everyone's responsibility to create a good dish. And that's my little metaphor on design systems. <laughs> So is it common for large organizations to not necessarily have a design system in place? Um, so the thing is, they have all the tools and they or they have it built. Um, it's just bringing all of these people together. Like the amount of times where I'm saying, okay, we're going to create a date picker. And then we figure out that another team has already created it. That saves so much time because we're not reinventing the wheel. This team already did it. We just need to align with everyone else. Um, so definitely, I, I think since it's 2020 design systems are becoming more and more of a thing. Um, but yeah, it's at once, uh, as I said, it's never ending. So no one ever has a finished design system. Tell us a little bit about the team that you work on. Yeah. Um, so air miles system is a bit different. We're sort of like a shared service, um, within UX, um, we have a director, we have two design leads. Um, we have a UX research area, UX enablement. So I am under, um, the design kind of path. Um, we work on many different portfolios. So when I talk about like design system, I would say that that's maybe 40% of the work that I'm doing. I'm also working on um, the travel portfolio or the profile transactions homepage. We just launched a new website back in June um, and we're always constantly iterating it. So it's, it's definitely a team effort. I always find that designers are more the facilitators of a product. We go through a design thinking methodology of ideating with our stakeholders, bringing in research when we can, bringing in analytics when we can, um, and then just trying to create the best product for users out there based on scope and technical feasibility. Um, I would say so. Um, but my team is awesome. Everyone is very open, um, open to recommendations. I, I think that's one of the key things in being part of this industry. Don't get personal about design. We are here for the users. That is the main thing that you need to think about. Um, when someone says that your work is ugly, or your work is not functional, or this button is in the wrong placement. Who cares? Like, you, we are here to create the best experiences for people, and that's what I love about my team. Like, we are so honest with each other, and 
we've created this, this collaborative space that we're able to give feedback and honest feedback. Um, so, yeah. I mean, that sounds like a really, a really nice space for, for people to thrive and to do their best as designers. I'm going to take this question a little bit back towards our audience that's still in school. Group projects are super common. um, And, you know, sometimes your group's awesome. Sometimes your group's not so awesome. If you're in the latter, what would you recommend um, you could do in a group project? Especially especially since now we're all in virtual teams. What can people do to make sure that their team is functioning to its best? This is a good question. Um, are you guys into like astrologies? I am. Come okay. on. I don't know about you. She's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> I am super into all of that stuff and personality types and, and what color you are and all that stuff. And like, it, it really does make sense of understanding the people that you're working with. Sometimes we mistaken people for being lazy or, oh, he's being quiet and doesn't want to work with us. But sometimes that's how they thrive. That's how they, like, that's their working process. Like they can't, that's just how they work. I, I don't know how else to explain this. Um, you just have to be open to understanding that there are different types of workers. There are people who rely more on empathy and people, and those are your collaborators. You have people who rely more on research and analytics. Those are the people that will take the time to do some, I'll step back and and do some research for me and stuff like that. I think drama is so useless in any product or in any process. Definitely it builds character and you understand all this. And they always tell you that, oh, you need to learn how to work with people. But honestly, when you work, in any department, you're going to be surrounded by good people. Like I have been lucky enough to, to do that. And if anyone isn't pulling their slack, like stuff will happen. I don't know. Um, yeah, just understand people. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. So, so we're talking about understanding people, for yeah. example, you know, you have a capstone project coming up and yeah. let's say, for example, you've heard some things about the people that you're working with and you're like, uh Oh, what should I do? What would you recommend is the first step? Um, I, I would say the preparation stage is like, you need to have a strong foundation before starting a project. I think understanding defined roles is very, very important. Um, hopefully that no one will ever get to that point where it's just like, Oh, why aren't you doing like this? And it's like, Oh, I thought you were doing it. So definitely in the preparation stage, like talk it out with your group, understand what's everyone's like strength and what can they, they they push and have defined roles going into and have just a plan. Like, yeah, coming in, coming in with the project with defined, defined roles is very, very important. I would say maybe something like a team charter or something just be like, Let's air all this out right yeah. out from the start so yeah. so we don't have to deal with it later. Oh my God. But you know what's so funny too? When I was in university and there was a person that like wasn't doing anything, I literally like, he like came up to us and was like, I'm going to tell on you. And a, and a bunch of us were like, well, we're going to tell on you first. It was so funny. Oh. But I guess like in that sense, when you're working with those types of people, like you, you really need to understand when to, to fight your battles. Like if there's a deadline and they haven't done their, their, their work, you, like grab another teammate and do it together. Like at some points, like life isn't fair and someone has to do the work. Um, I always just believe in karma and everything will kind of balance out at the end. Um, when you got to pull your socks, pull your socks. 
So you have a TikTok. I do have a TikTok. When did you start? Oh my gosh. Um, it's so funny. It's one of those things that it's like, like I'm trying to hide, but also not really because it's kind of funny. Um, I had it, I, I've, I've had it for a year, only a year actually. Um, I started posting as a joke. One of my TikToks like went super viral in Toronto and I was just like, you know what? I'm bored. I want to do this. This is really fun. Um, and I just kept posting. I think one of the things that made me um, recognizable into the app is just like my sort of like living downtown Toronto and like the different vlogs that I had um, of like day in the life of working as a designer in downtown Toronto. I don't know. I was just providing them some I thought was quality content, but I don't know what other people thought. Um, but yeah. So yeah, I, I forgot. I should probably preface this. So you're at 30,000 followers now. What was it like when you were just posting your first TikTok and you were at zero? Honestly, I treat it as the same. Um, I'm not sure if I'm quite 30,000 yet. I think you guys are feeding my ego too much. Um, almost there. Um, but I post this exact thing. Like fame hasn't changed me. Oh my God. That's so funny. Um, no, no, really like the, the way that I treat my, my TikTok is like my Snapchat stories. Like when we used to have those Snapchat, like that, not how it is now, but, but back then when it was just like your close friends and you really just wanted to like, like be dumb and show your friends like fun stuff about your life and the good about your life. And that's kind of like what I want to put out there. It's like only good content, only happy content because TikTok is a release for some people. I don't want to see some sad stuff on there. Um, but yeah. Okay. I'm going to ask a bit of a deep question. How has your role with TikTok changed or evolved since the pandemic started? Ooh, I think I started appreciating more of my quality. Um, my follow, I don't want to call them followers, my, my friends, um, back then when I was getting, I, I used to get so, so many views back then. And now it's just kind of like, uh, I'll be jumping if it hits like 2000 or 3000 and stuff like that. But back then people would always message me and all these things. And I didn't have the time to be like, Oh, thank you so much. And now I'm really taking in the time to be like, like you are watching my content. You are somehow enjoying what I'm doing and I don't know what I'm doing that that's the fun part of it um but yeah really in, enjoying that um I really miss outside life I miss I miss seeing my friends and all the pandemic and stuff like that um and also the following that I have it's not necessarily massive but it's also not small but I remember when the Black Lives Matter movement um was it's, it's still going on right now but when it was like at its peak I knew I had to say something about it and I said something about it. Um, and like, I try not to get political in all these things, but whenever I have a platform where I can be a voice for some people, I will take that on and I will sprinkle in my random guitar and random vlogs. Um, that's just how I am. Um, I don't have a set theme for my TikTok. I don't have a set agenda. All I know is I'm having fun the people that follow me are having fun and that's all I care about. And that's, that's such good. You're just spreading positive energy to, yeah. to the world when, when we really need it. Yeah. Yeah. Can I, I ask? I, I honestly don't want to sound too fake as well because like, like 
everyone has that kind of like persona out there online and, and like, I, I don't know, hopefully like from my perspective, I really wish that I was like a hundred percent authentic. Um, there are some days where I don't want to post, or there are some days where I get the worst comments. Like I would post something and people would be like, we didn't ask for this and I would delete it. And I'd be like, I don't want to, I don't want to be part of this. I am sensitive. Um, but, but yeah, no, like sharing a piece of your life out there is, is really scary. And I'm only trying to, to showcase the good definitely. But I also don't want that to be a blanket for others to be like, like, Oh, I'm going to hide a piece of myself out there. Like, I don't know. That's just my two cents into it. Totally. I think especially this year, so many people have jumped onto TikTok yeah. and you know, our generation's kind of at this point where uh, some of us are on TikTok, mm-hmm. some of us aren't on TikTok. And, you know, there's so many social media apps now. Some of us are kind of trying to figure out where should we put our attention and our time into. I'm going to ask, like, why did you choose TikTok? Why did I choose? Um, Over like YouTube or something or Instagram. Well, I did start YouTube and that failed, but failed the best way possible. I look at those videos and I'm just like, I had so much fun in university. I have no regrets that this is out there in the world. It wasn't bad or anything. Like it wasn't partying. It was literally just me and my friends, typical Saturday morning, stuff like that. Um, but why TikTok? I would say TikTok's algorithm is very different from any others from both a a content creator perspective and also from a consumer perspective. I think it's algorithm, the for you page, it essentially, like, I don't know the back end of it, but what I essentially think what it is, is what you watch is what you get. And so you kind of get grouped into these, these communities. Like I talked to a friend who's very into meditation and very into self-love and all these things. And her for you page is very different from my for you page. And I, I feel like it's really bringing in, these clusters of people together. Like for me, like I'm really into to, to, to singing and even like some random jokes and all this stuff and people in Toronto. And it's very much opened me to other content creators in Toronto um, and stuff like that. So I think this algorithm of bringing people together is, is amazing. But have you guys ever seen social dilemma? It could also be the opposite where it polarizes people. So that's where I kind of, like think what can I do in this situation? And the only thing I can do is in my cluster, I will try to be as happy as I can be and be positive. You're talking about meeting like other Toronto creators. Have you had a chance to actually meet some people off TikTok? I've been scared. Oh my gosh. No. Um, because of the pandemic, no, I've been trying, trying, trying to be super, super, um, like just by myself or like with a close knit people. But in terms of following and messaging, I have met, um, a few, a few, content creators out there. Um, even in Toronto, like those guys that like just skateboard around, I literally want to learn how to skateboard just to be friends with them. I don't know. Um, but, but no, nothing has blossomed into like an actual meet to meet kind of friendship and all that stuff yet. Um, but no, there has been times where, where a lot of people have been asking like, Oh, let's hang out. Let's do a vlog together. And I honestly want just a long time. I'm like, I I work full time. That's another thing with these things. Like a lot of these are, are like 19 year old ish that don't have a full time job yet. And are doing this like full time. Like they're really getting into content creation. Whereas me, it's like, 
like, oh, I'm in my kitchen. I'm going to make a coffee. Hi, everybody. How's it going? Um, try to like be the quick and all that stuff. There's no right or correct way to doing content, but um, if you want to collaborate with me in the future, that'd be sick. But I think just right now in the pandemic, probably not. I'll stay here. You know, we in the past decade, we've seen people kind of take off from YouTube influencers, of course, Instagram influencers. TikTok is kind of the new wave. I'm curious. Do you do you see yourself maybe one day doing TikTok more as a full-time job? No, because I can't handle fame. I feel like I would go crazy. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I, I, a lot of people actually ask me this because it, it started off as a joke and then it started picking up. And now that I've gained like a decent following, I was just like, I can really make a decision right now whether or not I should put more effort into this and really like like get into it. But the thing with TikTok though is it's tricky because people's mind changes really, really quickly. You can really put your entire self-worth on that follower list. And then once that algorithm changes and you're not getting as many views anymore, you start feeling bad. Like I felt that like when I was putting out like, like my vlogs and stuff like that, like I would get comments and this and that and all this. And then now I, I post and I get like a thousand. I'm like, I'm kind of sad, but also I don't care because I'm going to live my best life. Um, but I, I, I honestly have no idea. Once again, I live with this philosophy that I'm just going to be floating around um, and just going towards things that excite me. And right now TikTok excites me and I'm having a lot of fun. And my content really changes as well. Um, I went from lifestyle to now I'm talking about UX. Um, and all that stuff. And what I'm really enjoying is all of these junior UX designers or people in school messaging me on Instagram, asking me, how did you do this? And how did you do that? And like, I am in no means like an expert or the master of UX and stuff like that. But if you need help, like I will answer your questions. Um, and I don't know, I've been having a lot of fun connecting with all of these, these junior peeps getting into the industry because I was very, very lucky and the time and the place and the people that I've met to where I am right now. And I'm just like, dude, this is your chance. You can do it. It's almost like you're a TA again. I know. Oh my God. <laughs> we come full circle. Ah. Yeah, that, that's, true. that's true. You know, I think a lot of people are kind of on the fence right now. They're like, oh, should I get TikTok? Should I be the person scrolling, watching TikToks? Or, mm-hmm. you know, can I start making TikToks? And, you know, you're a very extroverted person. You say that yourself, but for someone that's a little bit more introverted and they're like, oh, I want to do TikToks, but I'm shy. Yeah. What would you recommend they do to get started? Oh my gosh. Who cares about what other people think? I know like I throw that around, but like it's taking me so long to be comfortable of being like where I am and who I am. And like at the end of the day, honestly, like this is one of those cliche alerts, like just be yourself. Like if you want to put out content, put out content. That's what I love about TikTok because if you don't like TikTok will find your place for you. Like for me, I didn't even know that I had a niche in my vlogs and, and my guessing who's going to win the, the next AMA, like all that stuff. But it was bringing me to those people. So if you feel like you're going to get judgment, like, already accept that it's going to happen, but also prioritize that the only judgment that I want is my family, my friends and my followers. And those are the only things that I'm taking. And that's all that should matter. Apart from that, you do you, be you, be happy. 
I mean, it's easier said than done. Like when I do get, like, as I said, a hate comment, I'm like, oh my God, what did I do wrong? Um, but no, I don't know. Like, I don't, I, I feel weird giving all of these like advices and stuff like that because I don't have it all planned out. Um, but yeah, if, if honestly right now, if you are listening to this podcast and you want to start something, it doesn't even have to be a TikTok or an Instagram or social media. If you want to build a rocket ship or anything, just do it. You're young. You're not connected to a lease or a mortgage or anything. That's the only thing I have to say. Live your best life. Live your best life. I think that is a great transition to my next question, which is a little bit more, more, more life-based, but you know, you, you've been able to create some amazing results, both in your school life, in your work life, and and now your online community life. What do you think, you know, I I almost can, can predict the answer here, but I want to hear it from you. What do you think is the thing that made you stand out? I think like with, with, with everything that I kind of go for, it's always because for a reason and I'm always striving for something because I'm interested in it. And that has been putting me step by step and step to where I am right now. Like I never want to be like faking myself. Like imagine if I was in like high school right now and instead of taking that arts route, I took the science route. I would not be where I am right now. It's honestly being your authentic self and just keeping keep curious. Like, like if you don't understand something, talk to someone that understands it. Like university was the best time of my life because I was thriving, but also confused as hell in this at the same time. I I don't know how to explain it. There was, there was a good month where I was attending these hackathons, no idea what was happening. Um, but I was just like, I'm going to float around because this isn't, this is an interesting environment. I love the collaboration and authentically myself. I was just going into all these places. You'll never know unless you try. That That's literally it. I think we, we think so I'm a cliche again. Um, we think so much about like, like, Oh, I could have done this. I could have done this, but literally no. Like if you like life again is about crossing off that list. Like there's so many other things that I was just like, Ooh, I kind of want to try this out for my YouTube channel failed cross it off. Like I had fun. Like I did my thing. I learned a few things onto the next thing. Um, but that that's again, easier said than done. Everyone has their own little pasts and stuff like that, but really just take the time to ask yourself, what do you really want? Um, Yeah. And I think in a time of reflection like that we're in now, that is that is the exact question you should be asking yourself and yeah. some great homework for people to be doing. I'm going to ask the next question here before we start to wrap up. Any advice to the class of 2021? Ooh. Hmm. You know what? I was going to give an advice about like job hunting and, and resume and critique and all that stuff. But no, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it I'm gonna keep it human. Um, look around the people that you have right now, family, friends, um, and and even like in your group projects and stuff like that. Like these are the people that one day you are gonna cross paths with. Like one thing that you guys all now have in common is you are a University of Waterloo GBDA graduate or MDEI graduate. Like 
these are the people that have gone the same journey as you. And I know it's not always perfect and there's always complaints about this and that, this and that, but trust in the process, trust in yourself, trust in the people around you, because at the end, like that is, is who you're going to be asking for jobs for or the other way around. They're going to be asking you for it, or you're going to start a company with them. Like really look into the people that you've gravitated towards in university because there is a reason why you gravitated towards them because you click with them because you work well with them. They're good for your mental health. They are good for you. Um, surround yourself with people that you just want to build and yourself with and build things with. I don't know. That's my thing. Another valedictorian speech. Uh, I felt like I was talking valedictorian. <laughs> what would you say is something we should consider when even like hunting for jobs or if you're starting your own initiative? So I would say, I'm being optimistic here because we've taken a year pretty much to self-reflect or hopefully you have been self-reflecting or working on your projects, understanding what you don't want to do or what you want to do. I think because we're going into the other side of that tunnel or the other side of the hill, what is this metaphor? Um, The other side, the bright side of it, really take in what you've been doing, not just this year in the pandemic, but like in the past four years and, and, and just go for it. Like, like people are always so scared about like the real world and stuff like that. But honestly, like you have been prepared. I'm telling you this right now, university of Waterloo GBDA has prepared you for the next steps. It's honestly up to you to take in what they've taught you and and move forward um that's something that you like you can't teach it's something that you've experienced i think that is the main thing that i'm I'm trying to say just go for it live your best life what would you tell your younger self Hmm. sorry i don't want to get off track but there was this tiktok that i saw the other day um that's like what's the best advice like um that you've been given and it really, really struck to me that it was like, like you, you talk about the future a lot and your, your kids and how well you're going to treat them. And I can't wait to have kids. And when they're having a bad day, you give them so much love and nurturing and it's going to be okay. And then like what, what the advice was is why can't you do that for yourself? Like, why do you have to keep all this loving and nurturing for a future baby that you're going to have? when you can give that same love to yourself right now. So I just wanted to, 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 to say that, um, whether it's to your younger self or to yourself right now, give yourself love. You are, the, you are here for a reason. You are here. You've been built by all of the, the crappiness in the world um, that has happened to you. So I would say to my younger self um, that everything is going to be okay. Um, I think... When I think about past Amandro, it's a lot of confusion and not knowing what I wanted to do, not knowing what I liked, paying for OSAP, like all of these things that now I just like, like I'm very, very, very grateful that I don't have to think about. Um, and I'm very, very like grateful. I, I can't say that enough. Um, but yeah, I, I just want to shake, shake myself to be like, dude, everything's going to be fine. Just trust in your intuition um, and have fun, have fun. And just, yeah, look around, look around those people around you. And 
Amandra, thank you so much for today's conversation. I think you brought a lot of joy, self-love, and also just the importance of being you and and trusting yourself, you know, and and that's such an important message for our listeners right now, especially, you know, at a time when it's like the world is like upside down, but even when the world's upside down, you can still trust in you because you always know what's right. Well, you said it way better than I did, but thank you. <laughs> if there's anywhere that our audience, you know, if they if they like what you're saying, they want to hear a little bit more, how can they find you? Um, I would say Instagram, but I delete that account all the time because I just, I hate comparing myself to other people. Um, but time to time, Instagram, Mandrio C, TikTok, um, if, if I'm still running that thing, it's, that one's just A-M-A-N-T-R-E-O. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I will always respond. I think that's my main thing. No matter how many messages I will get, I will always respond. So, yeah. Amandria, thanks so much. Thank you. The Creators Collective is devoted to empowering GBDA and MDI students in their creative explorations. Keep creating and join the conversation with us on social media. Because the world needs your creativity right now, and we want you to bring it to life. My name's Matt, and I've been your host for this episode of The Creator's Calling. I will see you 